Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. What is it like to encounter what appear to be alien life forms? What's the human cost of the abduction experience? Do we have any control at all over our own lives and destinies? Hello there, and welcome to the 338th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And those sobering questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Tonight and next week, we'll be dealing with a very difficult and highly personal topic for those who have been through it. This is the alien contact experience. And we have a panel of three people, two of whom have endured abductions along with relatives, and another whose family went through what amounts to a home invasion by alien life forms. With us for the next two shows, and familiar to our regular listeners, is our good friend Tom Reed, whose long family history of abductions, many of them right here in New England, is considered one of the best documented cases in the modern history of the phenomenon. Also with us is Jesse Long, whose, lo- whose lifelong abduction experiences included his brother and are among the most terrifying that I have ever heard. Finally, we have Geraldine Sutton Stith, who was documented in great who has documented in great detail the experiences of her father and family during the 1955 Kelly Hopkinsville encounter in Kentucky. Uh, by the way, Tom's previous appearance, uh, appearances on the show are in podcast form at BehindTheParanormal.com. Uh, look for shows 302 and 303 from 2011 and show 322 from 2012. Also show three, I should say 232 from 2011 with filmmaker Barry Conrad dealt with the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. That's why we number these shows so you can find the podcast. I feel like we're talking about our secret decoder rings out when we're naming off those shows. All right, everyone, welcome back. To, uh, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Welcome back to a few of you. Hi, Ben. Hello right. there. <laughs> okay, welcome aboard. All right, uh, Jesse, as briefly as you can, what happened to you and your brother? Uh, we were playing in the backyard in the city of Rogersville, Tennessee, in 1956, and playing <laughs> Being appeared at the hill yeah. above us. I'll have to ask you to really make sure you speak loudly, uh, okay. Jesse. Okay, thank you. Uh, we were playing in the backyard in a sandbox in a little town called Rogersville, Tennessee, when a strange being appeared at the hill above us. And I took my brother by the hand, and we went to this what looked like a round house being built, and we were zapped with a light and taken inside and experimented on. Okay, what was the nature of the experiment? Well, for me, they implanted in my leg with a, a tracking device, uh, which was in my leg for 34 years. Yeah. And uh, my brother has a BB-like object in his ear. Mm-hmm. wanted to refer people to the video on this case. It is rather disturbing. We'll warn you in advance. If you go to BehindTheParanormal.com to the promo for this show, there's a link to that video on YouTube uh, with the experience that Jesse and his, his brother had. Okay. So, Tom, what's your case about? I'm sorry? What is your case about? Uh, well, we uh, have a actually a case that's not uh, that different than Jesse's in some respects. We were both uh, very young. Our case actually 
I began with my my mother in the late uh, in the last week actually of June 1954 in Moose Lake in Maine. Uh, with respect to my brother and I, um, our case actually uh, took place uh, in Sheffield, Massachusetts in the mid-60s. Um, even back then, we had reported our case to uh, authorities in town as well as uh, legal counsel aligned with aerospace. What uh, really fueled our case was our Brownsburg, Indiana encounter of March 30th, 2009. Oddly enough, this was uh, 30 years later. But uh, with respect to that, uh, investigators, detectives, and others found um, that there was radioactivity on our vehicle, magnetic fields that were also over the better part of our vehicle and strong enough to spin a compass needle from several feet away. Um, I would say that uh, that really is what uh, has really fueled our uh, our uh, experiences was the evidence that was left behind. It was investigated by uh, law enforcement as well as uh, Rowan County Sheriff and and um, our case was also taken to the United Nations by attorney Robert Fleckman in 1992. And uh, we then also agreed to take polygraph tests, which we passed, and so on and so forth. So that's that's really it in a, in a nutshell. Okay. All right, so Geraldine, what uh, your story's a little different. Uh, so what happened to your father in 1955? Uh, yes, my story is quite a bit different. Um, it happened in August of 1955 in Kelly, Kentucky. Uh, we had a house that was full with 11 people. They were all family members except for two. Two were uh, family friends, and they had an encounter that night. Uh, something landed in the back field. What was in the little craft that landed came up to the house. They peered in the doors, the windows. My family being the country folks they were, they got out the shotguns and the rifles and started firing at them. And this went on uh, pretty much all night long. Um, it started probably around 7.30, 8 o'clock, ended around 11, 11.30. They ran to the nearest town, which was five miles away, got help, brought help back. Um, Fort Campbell, which is the Army base that is close to Hopkinsville, uh, some of them came. There was uh, newspaper reporters, the radio. You name it, they were there that night, searching the grounds, trying to find out what happened. Um, they left because they couldn't find anything except evidence where there had been gunfire because they fired through the windows and doors. And um, they left. Soon after they left, the little beans came back, started hearing it again. My family went and got the gun, started the, the shooting again, and it went on until daylight. When daylight hit, the little beans left. Okay. And then, you know, that was it. One of the things that strikes me is in the artwork that accompanies this case, uh, it, the, the, the beings seem to have rather large ears. Is that accurate to the best of your knowledge? Yes, yes. Um, the artwork, the guy that did those, he took the family aside, took each one by themselves. And it was amazing because everybody that came out, they were describing the same being, basically. And that's one thing that made the case so believable was mm -hmm. the fact they were all, you know, the same. One of the things, too, that strikes me, and this is uh, something we find in a number of cases that Ben and I ourselves work on, that uh, not not that we have the opportunity to shoot at any of these things at any point, but your father and and I guess it was your uncle, was it? Uh, were able to get off a few shots, I guess, with a shotgun, but they appeared to have no effect on the beings. Is that accurate? Uh, 
Exactly. My father, my uncle, and Billy Ray, who was a friend of the family, they were all shooting. You know, they had a 12 gauge, a 20 gauge, and a 22 rifle. And, you know, you know, these were country boys that could hit just about anything that moved. So they were definitely hitting these things. And, yeah, a rifle uh, is much more accurate than a shotgun, sir. Exactly. Yeah. And um, you hit something with a shotgun, you're going to knock it down, which they were. They were knocking them down, but they were just rolling away, getting up, and coming back. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Sir. Have you ever thought... Uh, for an explanation, you know, have any explanation for that? Has anyone ever suggested an explanation for that? I, I, I have an explanation. I well, think. there's been a lot of explanations. What kind do you have? I want to hear. Well, our particular, for those who are familiar with our show, we ascribe to a rather different op opinion about the process by which these things occur. And that, that involves the same process for ghosts or UFOs or any of these things we call paranormal, and that's this idea of, of, of parallel, perfectly physical worlds all next to each other at the same time, and that certain species or beings have the ability to cross back and forth if conditions are right. And mm -hmm. we've seen on a number of occasions, uh, Bigfoot, for example, has been hit uh, head-on by, you know, rifle fire and just, just either disappears or, or backs off and then apparently is fine. So the, the, sort of the, the ability to manipulate space and time that we also have but seem to have lost in some cases. But we'll get into that later. But I, I find that one of the most fascinating aspects of the case. Now, here's a question for all of you. Uh, can you tell us about uh, my understanding? I may be wrong, but my understand, our understanding here is that each of your cases, uh, there were third-party UFO sightings somewhere along the line, especially with yours, Tom. Uh, can you tell us about the, uh, the third-party sightings of UFOs in your case? Uh, Jesse, why don't we start with you? Well, to begin with, you know, my brother, it's the first time, but over the course of my life, there have been friends who have been with me or members of my support group who have also witnessed uh, the same crafts at the same time. One in particular was in 1999 when uh, uh, I was abducted and taken to what looked like an outdoor arena, and some of the members of our support group were actually in the audience at that time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there have been other people who witnessed certain things. Okay, yeah, I wanted to get into that particular abduction in a minute, but, um, but so but on the particular question of the uh, the third party thing, uh, Tom, what was uh, what was going on with your case in, in that regard? The third party? Well, uh, to go back to 2009, um, there were uh, actually even now uh, you can go on YouTube and you'll see that there were uh, several um, uh, bystanders or, or, or just those on the side of the road that had actually uh, videotaped uh, what my brother actually had seen before um, you know his vehicle went off the road. Uh, would look like an orange uh, orange ball going um, not not too far off the road, and um, and so that uh, that I think that. Uh, as far as 2009, I mean, that was pretty remarkable to have um, what almost looked like a dozen people or so. It was also a MUFON journal, not the journal, but the uh, CMS, I guess, they were the report. If you go on there, there's dozens of uh, accounts that uh, of others that uh, witnessed um, pretty much the same thing within a day or two of my brother. Um, if you go back to the, the 60s, um, my mother and, and my brother and I uh, and grandmother were all on a station wagon. And uh, when we were all um, experienced this uh, larger craft that looked like a really a strip mall, which came up from behind the station wagon, and we all witnessed that together, 
as well as uh, we did in uh, a couple years beforehand, uh, actually in our own home. Okay. Now, uh, now Geraldine, in the case of – now, you're, you obviously documented uh, an alien visitation of some kind. You didn't experience it, but I understand that there was a third-party sighting in the woods near – of a craft near the incident. Is that is that correct? Oh, yeah. That, the night this happened, there were several sightings. Um, there were several lights that were seen in the sky that night. There were um, neighbors that seen and heard things that night. Even to this day in Kelly, there is still lights that nobody can, you know, tell what they are or, or anything like that. You know, there's just it's just incredible because they don't know what attracts these things to Kelly. But as far as the encounter of the beings themselves, you know, it, that's the only night that, that they have been seen. Mm -hmm. but, um, well, you just touched on something really important, Geraldine, because in our experience, and this goes for all the cases that we're talking about tonight and just about every case we deal with, we find that they are never in isolation. The whole area seems to be, as it were, lit up with the energy that allows these things to take place. The whole Mossman thing in West Virginia in the 60s, uh, we're working with two areas now, particularly in central Connecticut, where there are UFO sightings, ghosts, uh, all the poltergeist activity, uh, possibly cryptids, you name it. And uh, we find that um, th these things are, are all connected somehow. So that was one of the things I wanted to get into, and Geraldine just got into it, of course, with her case, was are people in these areas still seeing things? I know you, know, you yourselves are often uh, reporting uh, that you, of course, had multiple experiences and perhaps still do. And uh, But, again, I, I don't think it stands in isolation. I think other people as well, you may be the center of it, but other people may be having experiences as well, certainly people who are seeing the, these craft. Uh, we're coming up on a break right now, and uh, we'll be right back with our panel. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. We'll continue our discussion of the various alien experiences that these people have been through, and we'll continue also next week. But don't wait that long. Come right back after the break. So what are you thankful for? The I'm Thankful Network explores the positive. Join host Sue Lundquist Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time, empowering women, empowering lives. The I'm Thankful Network on New Sky Radio. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Dr. Pat Show is alive with a distinctive blend of interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational, and practical information. Get in the know. Following Dr. Pat, join host Laura Lee for Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Contact your dearly departed spirit guides and angels to find answers, closure, guidance, insight, revelations, and prophecy regarding matters of the heart by contacting the other side through acclaimed medium Laura Lee. You are not alone. Batter up. Life's a game. Win. Call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you win the game of life. The Coach Me Network is live starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
Geek Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back. And we're dealing with our panel uh, tonight of, of uh, UFO abductees and or contactees, uh, Jesse Long, Tom Reed, and Geraldine Stiff. And uh, there's a question now for all of you. Um, have you experienced, or in Geraldine's case, documented contacts with these beings? Do you have you over the years formed any conclusions about what they are, where or when they're from, or what their overall agenda might be, Jesse? So it's taken me many years to finally figure out what they were doing with me, and I think it's peculiar to my case. But since I was 12 years old, I knew I had children, and they were the alien hybrid children, and there were, you know, several dozen of them over the years, and then in 1999, when one of them died, and I had to perform that ceremony at that uh, arena, they stopped coming for me at that point because apparently my DNA no longer suited what they were trying to do. So, oh, yeah, I wanted to get into that in the next question because that, that, that's an extremely jarring. Actually, uh, I'm getting into that. Okay. So All right. Me, it was, it was, you know, alien hybrid uh, a program. All right. Okay, Tom. Yes, um, I, I would say that. Uh, well, first of all, we saw uh, two different types of, of figures, if you will. Um, with respect to that, the ones I think that most people would refer to as as uh, hybrids, if you will, or, or or humanoid, I think that we're simply related. I, I believe that uh, there is a connection there, a physical connection. Otherwise, there would certainly not be an interest in our our DNA or or. or uh, blood types or, or whatever this is that seems to be of such interest. The other in, uh, insect being that we saw uh, or experienced um, seemed to um, almost be, uh, or we, we assume, I guess, because of what we saw, that it was some type of a worker type of uh, creature. And, and my brother and I have spent a lot of time talking about this in depth, and we we keep falling back to the fact that just because uh, uh a grasshopper, if you will, is an inch in size here. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's an inch in size somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, you know, uh, back to the, you know, go back to the uh, the ice age and so on and so forth. We had birds that were huge. I mean, we had a lot larger animals back then. So perhaps it's something like that. Something that's just basically a, a combination or a hybrid uh, form of a couple of different insects. And I think that there is a breeding type of uh, obviously, a brief uh, interest and um, a hybrid interest. So I, I believe that there's a combination of different beings that are just brought into one shell, if you will. And as far as the greys go, I guess, if for lack of a better word, um, you know, that they are basically uh, uh, a higher, more intelligent uh, human being, I think. Okay, so the differences in your two cases are very, very interesting. So, Tom, your experiences with these creatures seem more positive than Jesse's. Uh, there's even evidence that your family has benefited, uh, perhaps even genetically, like your son who's a little younger than me. Uh, can you comment on that? Oh, well, yeah, again, this is a, why we think that there is definitely a link to uh, these uh, hybrids, if you will, is how I'll refer to them. Uh, that... My, you look at what happened with my, my first my my mother and then us and then we had children and now my son seems to have 
some very uh, heightened abilities. And it's not just from a third party or, or somebody outside that we went and took him to. I mean, this is traced all the way back to first, second, and third grade where he has just been absolutely off the charts. And, of course, later on when, when this happened in 2009, we were asked to have him reevaluated. He's also been evaluated at the Miami Children's Hospital. So everybody that, that sits down with my son um, will tell you that he, and why his nickname Chance is because that he consistently seems to score a normal percentage of, of possibility or, or and that sort of thing. So he's very sensitive. Um, and he, and where this came from, I can't, you know, obviously I can't attest to and say that I am absolutely 100% positive that, you know, our history has contributed to this. But there really is no other explanation for it. It's not simply uh, an IQ type of thing. It's a, it's an all-knowing type of thing. So, yeah, I would say that um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, yes, I think that there is a connection to what happened, which um, I, I just can't – I have no other uh, way of making sense of it. None of us do. Yeah. All right. Well, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. But – Oh, I was going to ask, like, it just, well, it just left right now. Th- there's just something that gets me, Bennett, and, and it's if you look at the information on Jesse's case, uh, certainly on Geraldine's case, too, the, the, uh, there was a, f- a fear factor, that, to pardon the coining a phrase, that, that didn't seem to exist at Tom. Would you, you seem, I've always, you've always struck me as having been uh, not at home, but at peace almost with well, what happened to you. Well, it took a long time. I mean, we certainly, it was gut-wrenching. It was uh, very difficult. It, it wasn't so much that we were physically hurt that we remember. No, we, we were we, I mean, it was, to, to experience what we did was absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, it, 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 you're, yeah. almost, you're almost in, 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 a, in a kind of shock, you know, yeah. you're, it's, very disturbing and it's taken a very long time and one of the I, I have to assume that the fact that I remembered this from day one uh, for the most part I think is what helped helped me deal with it my my brother was a younger so he blocked a lot of it out if you will on his own I think and and Ron really came to terms with it he's suffering more now than I am he's he's an absolute uh, he's distraught um, he's become very isolated now. It's bothering him more now than it ever did because he's been talking about it and, and, and looking into it. So yeah. I, I would say that, you know, as children, maybe we're a little bit more accept, you know, we accept things a little bit more, but it, it wasn't, um, again, it wasn't like we went through anything that was horrific. It was just the experience itself was just so surreal. I mean, it really, you know, yeah. Yeah. Of, of your, your take on reality, it was just. Well, it's just Jesse's case strikes me as, as at least the way he describes it in you know and what I've read and what I've seen in the video, uh, as really terrifying. You, Tom, referred to a, a being who almost uh, took you under his or her wing, in a sense, and. Uh, Made you feel more at home. Am I wrong about that? I just what strikes me is the fear factor, uh, the contrast between right. your experience and, and, and Jesse's, at least the way you, you both described. Right. I understand. There, there was almost this uh, calm and this uh, 
serene feeling that came over us afterwards. It was the this haunt or this uh, feeling we had and this energy that you actually touched on earlier, or this vibe, um, it all kind of generates an anxiety within yourself as well. And when that ceases and all of a sudden you you so state it doesn't seem to uh to bother you when you just kinda of go with it. And that's kinda of how this, this went, you know, we were you kind of had this so forth and then all of a sudden you're you're it goes away and you're calmed and, and you feel at ease and you're going with the flow and and Yeah. Okay. You don't you don't know why. Yeah. No, I hear you Tom. Now Jesse uh, as a as a father, especially sitting here next to my son, I'm particularly struck by your experience as an an adult apparently meeting your hybrid children, and, and this is documented quite jarringly, as I say in in the video. Uh, can you talk more about that experience? And and do you feel any, for lack of a better term, psychic connection with them today? Although you mentioned the death of one, can you talk about all that? Well, you know, it's strange for a 12-year-old boy to realize he's a father of children when, you know, I know how children were made at that time, and I know I hadn't done anything like that. So, uh, and, and the fact that they never would explain to me why or what was going on or what was the reason for all my con you know, continued abductions two to three times a year for, what, almost 50 years? Yeah. Um, that, that was hard to, to deal with. Uh in, in meeting all these different children at different times during different abductions, some uh, were very pleasant. One in particular was not, in which the baby cried, and he was the first baby that had cried, and I didn't know what to do. Um, I don't have any psychic connections with them at all. Uh, I never really did. Um, Okay. The only thing that has, it has affected me is I've never been able to hold a, a real human baby. I mean, I've never held any of my nieces and nephews, which is sad. Really? Uh, because it's too frightening to me to hold a, a baby because I was forced to hold all my hybrid children. And the wow. trauma at the time was just too, too, too hard to, to handle. Well, with that cheerful thought, we're going to come up on another break here. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back with our panel of UFO contactees after the break. Stay with us. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected.
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. And our guests today, we have a panel of three people. We have Jesse Long. Tom Reed and Geraldine Stith, who are either abductees or contactees in some form of what appear to be alien life forms, certainly, and we've been getting into that. Now, Tom, I should say, Jesse, before we get into the issue of implants, I wanted to ask Geraldine a question. Uh, Geraldine, over and over uh, the Hopkinsville, uh, over and above, I should say, the Hopkinsville incident, uh, did your father or anyone else in the family ever mention anything that could be construed as abduction at a different point, or any encounters or relationship with these creatures in any way before or after the actual incident? No, 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 no. They that night was so terrifying. They no, they. Okay. Uh, so that was pretty that, much in isolation. Yeah, that was it. Uh, I mean, my grandmother was so scared she sold the farm and moved out within two weeks after. Yeah. The, you know, she just couldn't stand out there in the country anymore because she moved into town. I mean, it was just terrifying. I mean, it affected all of them. Real estate today, they're lucky to sell it in two years. Anyway, uh, exactly. <laughs> no political comments on the show. Anyway, uh, the issue of, um, of uh, other people in the area, though, you said that there are the area is known for lights and strange things here and there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's something to bear. Yeah. Right. You know, you hear people talking about seeing lights and strange things around Kelly. So, yeah. you know, they don't know if it's something in the rock or what. You know, okay. they try to figure out what it is, but nobody knows. Sure. Something. One of the strange things. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, I should say, Jesse, if, if you could, there, there's an issue that, that you had an implant literally removed. Could you tell us about that? And you, you say you still have it. Yeah, it was removed uh, by an operation in 19, uh, let's see, 1989. Okay. Um, 
And I think the, the purpose of the implant not only was a tracking device, it was something to keep me healthy because I was never really sick as a child. I've never, to this day, never had the mumps and never had normal childhood diseases. And we've heard so that. Once, huh? I said we've heard that from people with implants. They say they never had childhood, childhood diseases yeah. and things of this kind. So, I'm sorry to interrupt. Was, Go ahead. Yeah, once it was taken out, though, I started getting sick. And what they would do then, they would abduct me and give me inoculations. And I had a lot of different um, marks on my body, which I have photographs of, where they were giving me injections and this kind of thing to keep me healthy since I didn't have the implant in me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but the, it's been analyzed by the Southwest Research Institute in uh, Texas, and they've compared it to every known piece of glass, and it doesn't match any known piece of glass. In fact, they said for it to be made, and it was a manufactured piece, that it would have to be made at over 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and there's nothing they know that could be made at that uh, temperature. They also figure that it could modulate radio frequencies and uh, when you look at it under a microscope, it has some very unique uh, uh, points on it. There's one end of it that actually is a pyramid. Really? And okay. uh, down the side, it looks like what could be a soundtrack. A soundtrack? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. There are suggest- We'll get into that, too, but because uh, we're also going to be talking about all this next week. But there have been a number of suggestions from people we've, we know and have been through th- similar experiences to yours about what all this is for. There is the suggestion that there is a colonization program going on through this hybrid genetic operation, if that's what it is. There is another suggestion that these are time travelers who are our descendants who are in the serious genetic trouble of their own and are attempting to uh, revive their gene pool or strengthen it somehow. What, what do you think of, of all these? I mean, you've been through. What do you think of all these, of all these various theories? Which one does one seem more sensible to you, or you just don't know? Well, for me, it's it, it, the information I get and what I seem to think is that they are the missing link. They have been here and have always been here, and they are they genetically altered pre-man and they created us. So we are, in fact, are the aliens. And that what they're doing now is creating this new civilization that's going to have to survive the next millennium. So mm. I think they've always been here. I, you know, a lot of my abductions, I've been taken underground. I can never say that I've been in outer space, but I have been underground. Okay. Uh, that's a common theme. Yeah, it's a common theme among people we've talked to who have been abducted. Uh, underground where? Uh, just different places. I mean, Tennessee is well with uh, underground caves. That's right. As a matter of fact, oh, yeah, uh, that is true, yeah. we drove through it. I wanted to visit some, and you got, you think I was the kid, and you two were the parents. <laughs> uh, I wanted to visit some, we never did. But, yeah, that, that's a, we're familiar with that. Yep. All right. Uh, th- this is, um, <clears throat> as, as, as with all things in the paranormal, I mean, we barely scratch the surface. It, 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 there are issues and, and realities and possibilities that just go way beyond, I think, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like, perhaps. Perhaps it is that different species have different agendas, you know? Yeah. Because like, there's 50 different forms of aliens. That, well, that, you know, that, that's exactly right. That's we run into that. Yeah. You know, so uh, the question is, are you, the three of you, uh, have you encountered, or in Geraldine's case, her family encountered the same species of what are known generally as greys? Uh, one notices the large ears on the, the artwork accompanying the, uh, the, the, the Kelly Hopkinsville incident. 
Do you think you were involved with the same species and the same program, particularly uh, Tom and Jesse? Well, I have seen the grays, but they don't have the big ears. And for me, the grays are the workers. They do the capturing and they do the medical procedures. They just follow orders from me. The one who's in charge is that I call the tall white being. So in that respect, they are different. Okay. Uh, Tom? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a good question. Um, I think that uh, what what Jesse experienced and what I experienced or, or saw was was uh, certainly um, was very close um, in, in 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 the look and so on. Um, and I would agree that the, uh, the the individuals or figures that I saw did seem to be in a in a capacity of a working type of capacity, but they were also very seemed to be confined to zones or areas where you were taken to one and given to another. Um, there was uh, at least a human look to it to some degree. And uh, so it, it didn't look as typical as some of the sketches or drawings you see online with the, you know, the big eyes and the, and the very, uh, you know, uh, bland face. I mean, it actually had some, some uh, human features to it. Um, so I hope that, if that answers your question. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing sometimes we, we suspect is that there are many different species involved here. Right. What, what really makes us suspicious is that many in many cases that when in my 42 years of working this has been primarily uh, what you might, I suppose ghost research, mm -hmm. and, but that has led time and time again, especially lately, to grays and UFO sightings, things that most people wouldn't think would be related, but they certainly seem to be. Um, my question here for the two of you is that because because yeah, our, our, we always question are things what they appear to be. Is this really a genetic experiment? Is, you know, and who knows? But the question to you and, and, and uh, to Jesse and Tom here would be, uh, did you get the impression that there was any sense of urgency on the part of whatever was doing this to you, that they were trying to meet some kind of deadline? I don't know if you can answer that, but did you well, get an impression that they were in a hurry at all? In, in 1969, it was very orchestrated. It was very matter-of-fact. I was not... Uh, like you said earlier, I, I was uh, uh, almost like an indoctrination is how I worded the earlier um, encounters. But no, in 1969, I was actually physically grabbed by my left arm, taken down a hallway, and I was almost rushed. I remember it being very, very, very militant, as I, how I would describe it today. And um, yes, it looked like and felt very time sensitive. I had gotten up and run. I was brought right back, put back on a table, and it was it was seemed very quick to me. Yeah, uh, entire family was was involved in that particular incident, and to the point that my mother was not back where she. My mother was put back in the passenger seat. My grandmother was in the middle of the road. You remember that? So this yeah. was a very quick experience for four people to experience it within a very short amount of time. Okay. Okay. So we've covered the Reynolds from Forest incidents of um, 1980. Backwards and forwards, and we probably know the entire place with like the back of our hand. <laughs> I, well, I wouldn't go that far, but um, we, we've uh, had that. We've been going on with that like over the air for since like 2010, so a good two years. And two of the main witnesses of the case, especially uh, Sergeant Jim Penniston, believe that they were in contact with time travelers who are trying to strengthen strengthen their gene pool. Does that ring a bell with any of you? No, not me. Yeah. 
Okay. Because he says he, he received uh, a binary code because he actually went up and touched a craft uh, in the woods there, as you may – everybody's familiar with this on our show. And he felt a code that was, was, down, was downloaded to him, which years later he wrote down and it was analyzed. And he himself, he was a you know, sergeant in the Air Force. He didn't know much about binary codes. But the people who – and two independent experts who uh, have dealt with him have felt that th these were Earth coordinates that were given. And uh, everybody's looking into that now, and they're working on a book on that right now. So I just wondered if you had, had any similar experiences, which apparently not. Okay. Uh, the, the, the question arises – we'll get more into this next week, too. I, I guess we are coming up on a break, but yeah. – uh, Okay. Okay. We better uh, pause for the break. I'll ask the question afterwards. Uh, you are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back with our panel of UFO experts and contactees. Stay with us. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. Building it up, but then shooting me down with a mom. 
position, I put down all my ammunition. I wonder why it's taken me so long. Lord knows that I'm not you, and if I was, I wouldn't be so cruel. 'Cause waiting on love ain't so easy to do. Must I always be waiting, waiting on you? Must I? Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now two four eight five four five Soul. New SkyRadio dot com. And welcome back. We have our panel, of course. We're we're finishing up the show, but they will be back with us next week. Uh, abductees Tom Reed and Jesse Long, and Geraldine Stith, who documented her own family's bizarre encounter with alien beings in 1955. Now, we're going to be getting into all the, everything we've talked about tonight. We're going to be getting into more depth next week. But we have a lot of parents who listen to this show, and you're all parents. And, uh, Jesse, am I wrong? You're a parent too, right? Uh, no earthly children. Right. That's what I, oh, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> In any case, the point being that we have a lot of parents who listen to our show. I guess they like our father-son dynamic here and all uh-huh. this. And we get uh, a lot of... Of, of frightened emails, whether it be about uh, people, you know, their kids getting involved in the occult, or they feel they have a ghost issue in their house, quote unquote, or whatever, or they're afraid of the 2012 end of the world scenario, supposedly, or they're afraid of aliens. What would you? We'll go, we'll go around the table on the starting with Jesse. What would you tell parents about? What to tell their children, because they're exposed to this stuff. If they, if they turn on the History Channel, there it is. What, what would be your advice to parents, Jesse? Well, I would definitely tell the parents, do not send your children to an institution. Do not you know, institutionalize them, because um, just believe your children, what they're saying. Tell them everything will be okay. It's nothing to really worry about right now, but it will all become clear in the future. The main thing is so many people, uh, like I say, institutionalize their children or send them off somewhere. And they just shouldn't do that. They should have an open mind and believe that children, you know, see and experience a world beyond what adults do. Yeah, I certainly agree. Tom? Well, if it's something that hasn't happened or firsthand, or the parent hasn't had a firsthand experience themselves, it can be very difficult. So I, at that point, I would say you just have to be able to have a strong enough uh, bond with your child that the child would know that he can come to you or he or she can come to you to talk about it, and you're going to have to be really supportive about it. If it is something that that has happened to the parent, like in our situation, then I would say that it's uh, it's something that you need to take a step further. I, I, my, my son has had uh, experiences that uh, we can talk about later, um, and he has a... 
a bonus room in the house and I've got the master and we both for the longest time had kept both doors open so that we could keep an eye on each other's room. I mean, it was as silly as that sounds. Um, you know, that's what we had to do for a very long time. And, and, uh, and, and then there was time he woke up screaming when, even when they had a friend over at the house. So, um, there are things that are happening that we can't explain. And it's simply a matter of, of having that bond between the two of you and, and knowing you can confide in one another, I think, is going to make the difference. That, that's so important. And it doesn't sound anything silly about that at all. Uh, Geraldine? Well, I agree with what they both said. Mainly, the parent is going to have to keep that open mind because there's so much out here. There really, really is. We don't understand a lot of things that goes on. We don't know a lot of things that go on. And, of course, the kids are scared because there's just so much in our world. The media... I mean, it just blows everything up. And so, of course, the kids are terrified. We've already had to go through the 2012 thing yep. with a couple of our younger kids. And it's something that you have to deal with. You have to talk to them. You have to try to keep them calm, try to keep yourself calm, because it is scary. But mm -hmm. you know, I agree with what they both say. Keep an open mind. Keep your kids close, try to get them to tell you everything, and, you know, just try to cope with what you tell. Yeah. Well, th we there we have. Yeah, there we, we have. deal with a lot. We deal with a lot in this time and place. It's not like 1955. No, not at all. Yeah, you know, 1955 was such a simpler time. Yep. Okay, well, very quickly, I wanted to give you all a chance to talk about your books, websites, etc. cetera. Uh, Geraldine, we'll start with you. you you're uh, the author of a book on this subject. Where can people get it? Yes, it's called Alien Legacy. You can go to, of course, www.alienlegacy1955.com. You can get my book there. Um, you can also go to any uh, uh, book website and order it. And... Um, it's on ebook also, so you can get there also. And Author House is the, 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 well, I can't think now. I've lost it. Anyway. Well, we have a link to it on our site, behindtheparanormal.com, to the promos for the show, and, and just, you know, you, they're linked to everybody's site. But, uh, okay, thank you, Geraldine, and we'll continue with you next week. Uh, Jesse, uh, is, what, what have you got to offer folks on that score? <laughs> Well, unfortunately, I don't have a book out yet. I'm still searching for a publisher. Okay. But, um, a lot of, you know, videos and slideshows, and I do presentations, so maybe you can catch me at one of those. Very good. Okay, and certainly the video, we have a link to that. And uh, certainly, Tom, uh, what's what's the story with your, your work? Well, I haven't uh, finished my book yet, which I am working on, which is Willow Lake. Um, but I do have some um, some videos on YouTube that are fairly new, uh, a Fox interview and, and that sort of thing. And and uh, I might want to give my website is uh, TomReed.info. I will say that Geraldine and I are also going to be at the MUFON Symposium in Kentucky. Um, Excellent. Okay. Interested in that. And uh, I will be at UFO Fest in um, a few weeks in Oregon. And uh, we'll be shooting uh, a documentary with Discovery Channel in two weeks. Well done. Okay, folks, we'll talk to you next week. We'll continue our discussions. Thank you, Paul. Thanks. Okay, very good. All right, just a few announcements before we wrap up here, folks. Uh, the Rendlesham 2012 Conference is back on again in Woodbridge, Suffolk, England, Sunday, June 17th. Check it out, RendleshamUFO.com. Uh, and, of course, Ben and I are about to begin this series of presentations that we mentioned. Uh, Town Hall, the first one will be uh, two weeks from, well, in about two weeks, May 5th, Saturday, 
at Montpelier, Vermont, at the Kellogg Hubbard Library, town meeting format, and a presentation. If you live in northern New England, Quebec, New York State, check us out there. Uh, certainly, and it uh, looks as though July 19th, we might be headed for Torrington, Connecticut. We'll give you the information on that. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson. And we'll see you next Sunday, April 29th, when my dad and I will continue this panel with Jesse Long, Tom Reed, and Geraldine Stith. In the meantime, tune in to our Boston, Pittsburgh, uh, our Boston Providence Drive Time Show on WOON 1240 AM Radio and onworldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. And don't forget, you can always get free podcasts of all our shows along with show schedules and guest information and also 400 shows now at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we'll leave you with a thought this evening from the great Scots theologian William Barclay. Quote, there are two great days in a person's life, the day we are born and the day we discover why, unquote. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. We will see you next time.